0: I think more than anything i and and if she hears this i want her to not just see us as somebody that's doing a story on this and is going to move on to the next one that if there's something that she once said is there something that we can be a mouthpiece for that we can be that my name is and my name is joshua griffin
1: thank you for listening to behind the scenes in tidewater
0: where we go behind the scenes with people, stories, and us.
1: Let's go behind the scenes right now
0: Welcome to behind the scenes in Tidewater, where here lately i we're do we're doing all kinds of things we uh we used to kind of just stick to interviewing business owners and things like that and around this area, but now we're starting to let's see we've had ghost owners we've had politicians now we we actually have a local murder mystery that this would be this will be part four of her name was Peggy lammers and what's really cool is uh since those recordings. I have since then reached out to some of the people, I've reached out to some of her family, I've reached out to the original detective on this case, and so we've got a lot of new information that we didn't have, uh, you know, two weeks ago when we first started this. And, yeah, and uh, I just want to disclose,
1: like, just a little behind
0: the scenes for us,
1: because um, I mean, Josh and I speak regularly, but Josh told me that this happened, but he has not told me anything else. So, like, when we hear this, I'm also hearing this for the first time, so I'm very excited.
0: Good, yeah, I, uh, I do that on purpose, so that way, you know, I don't know, I feel like if we're, if we share something off the air, and then we share it on the air, at the Yeah. Moment, <gasps> yeah (laughs) so i tell you after talking so i I did speak to peggy's sister Anne, this past week and for me personally i think the the biggest thing is you know because i know you and i have talked about how we we enjoy dateline and we enjoy all these other shows but this is real like i I was talking to ann and i think that was the main thing i was i tried to make it clear to her too that this is real to me too. Like this is local. This is in our backyard. This is not entertainment. And us doing this podcast, um, you know, Peggy was a real person. This, this is her real sister. They grew up together. And, you know, I think the other thing I I tried to tell her is I just want to be respectful of that, that this is not just some show. This is not, you know, this is not, this is not fun for, for me, you know, I'm doing this with the hope and dream that we can help. Yeah. Some way.
1: Yeah. And we're not professionals by any means. Like most of this is just kind of a conversation that we're having and hope, hoping that, you know, just having the conversation out there and maybe people talking about it more will, will shed some light. But yeah, this is really sad. And yeah, I'm sure, especially for you, you spoke with the, with, um, Ann. that's, that was probably tough.
0: Yeah. Originally I had reached out to her before we ever did anything. So when my wife and I first started diving into this, we started, I think we read half a dozen articles on it and, you know, we were just trying to look into it a little deeper. I had sent Anne a Facebook message and more than anything, I wanted, I actually was asking for permission. Um, is this okay for us to, to look into this? Are, are you okay if we air this? The other crazy thing, I don't think, I don't even think I've told you this, Erica. She told me that she had listened to our first episode already. And wow. I didn't ask what she thought because I didn't uh <laughs> I wasn't sure I was gonna get the answer. Yeah. To, so <laughs> Positive <did>. criticism or <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. One of the things that she pointed out, and, and I, I I kinda uh touched on it and then she took it a little further, and that is there's a lot of inaccurate information out there about this. Now, is that a big deal? Is that something that is gonna affect the case at all? Maybe not, but it is inaccurate. And, and she even mentioned, she's like, you know, it is a little frustrating when some of this information's out there and it's just simply not true. So uh, let's dive into this. So we've done, we did an episode on the story itself. We did an episode on some of the clues and some of the police work and the FBI getting involved. And we did an episode of some of the things that have happened since then including the letter that AJ, one of Peggy's daughters, sent to the newspaper. I just want to touch on all that. But moving forward in this episode and in episodes moving forward, we're going to talk about more about some things that have happened since then, including some of the videos that have been put on YouTube. Uh, One of the local news channels in Richmond did a YouTube video on it. And then People Magazine did a video And an article somewhere, possibly on on their website, if not the the magazine itself. But as we get into this, I just want to say the crazy thing about the People Weekly article, they share in there something that I don't think, I could be wrong, but I don't think it had been shared before. What? What? If you read the uh, the article or or watch the video, I think it's the article. I think there is an article, and I read the article. It mentions that a TV was taken.
1: Okay, I did not read that, and I immersed myself in the story. You know, since we've been doing it, and I haven't read that. Okay, I'm gonna a TV was taken.
0: A television was taken, and I know we've talked about some of the. I think there one of the articles said there was handbags uh, poured out. I haven't seen that anywhere else, and in the People magazine video. They showed drawers that were dumped out, not handbags. they were drawers from the dresser that were dumped out
1: so let me um, let me ask did Anne shed any light on this kind of thing? I
0: tell you the the conversation I had with Anne was more about me letting her know that I'm trying to come from a good place I'm not trying to make this a they're not under a microscope or anything like that to us, and it's not entertainment for us so I didn't get into any nitty-gritty details other than we talked about some of the inaccurate information. And uh, so since we're on that topic, one thing that has been said in multiple articles is the family that attended the 4th of July holiday before all this happened, most of those articles say that it doesn't get into who was there from Ann's family, but several articles mention that it was Peggy, Tony, her husband. And the articles say Jay, their son, was there. That is not true. Jay was not there. Uh, Ann pointed that out, that it was actually AJ, her daughter, was there.
1: So only one of the three children were there for Fourth of July. You got it. Well, Josh, I just wanted to say I have, since we have been recording, I have been to where the house is okay and my question is because it's fourth of july weekend and i know that there's a pool back there so i'm assuming you know there people were hanging they were hanging out i'm just wondering if the neighbors on the if you're looking at the back of the house which is actually the front of the house you know um not the side closest to the water the side closest to the driveway if you look at the house there is a house on the right hand side that's pretty close the one on the left hand side not so much um but i I'm curious if that, if those people were there, if that weekend, just because if you were to hear somebody screaming, you would hear it from that That's how close that one house is, mm-hmm. in my, in my opinion. So that's interesting. Um, that That's interesting that it wasn't all of the kids, because I do remember reading that article, like. And I just assumed it was a big, you know, family thing. They're all, you know, hanging out. But it was only AJ, the one that wrote the letter, and then her husband and Peggy. So just three of them were there.
0: From Peggy's family. From
1: Peggy's family. Okay.
0: Correct. Yep. So Anne, I believe, has two children and, of course, her husband. And I don't know who from their family uh, was there. So Anne didn't get into that, and I didn't ask. So um, gotcha. the other thing is if you read more than one article from the local paper, several of the articles do not match up timeline wise. So some of them say that, you know, they couldn't reach her on the 10th and then some of them say they couldn't reach her on the 11th and things like that. Again, is this huge details when it comes to the grand scheme of things and them finding out who did this? Maybe not, but uh, it's worth pointing out. In my
1: opinion. Yeah, I agree. Also, I mean, there's a discrepancy specifically, and I'm not I'm not indicating anything. I'm just saying this is how these things happen. Where Anne says that in the in the one um video interview that I saw, she said that it was like a couple days before that she had talked to her. But then in the actual, you know, they're saying she talked to her only hours before. I mean, that's a pretty big discrepancy to not get right. And I'm sure that's so frustrating for Anne to be you know for this information to get out and it not be correct.
0: Well, and the the other thing that Ann pointed out and that she said that she wanted to convey to the local paper, I guess with the first couple articles that were put out about the case, they were making it sound like to Ann, now maybe they didn't mean to do this, but they were making it sound like to Ann that Peggy was just some somebody from outside the area that just happened to be staying here. And this happened and she wanted it to be very clear to them. She reached out to that, to the local paper and she made she wanted to be clear to them that, look, this house has been in their family for years. They consider Deltaville to be, you know, up to that point, a part of their family, a part, you know, them to be a part of the community. Um, They certainly didn't feel like outsiders. Their father built this house in 1970. So what's that 50 some years now? Yeah.
1: Yeah, which is why it makes it very, very plausible that this was a local person, because they were immersed in the Deltaville community. Everybody that goes there knows, you know, they've got... Well, Matthews has market days, but Deltaville has market days. You get your fresh fruit off the side of the road, you know, and uh, you get your crabs and everything. And there's only so many people in Deltaville. If this house has been there for 50 years, these people know people. You know, they're Mm -hmm. there. That's just the way it is.
0: And they did. I mean, we've I've I've talked to folks since then that they either knew them personally or they'll. You know, I talked to a a fellow the other night that I know here locally, and he was saying. Oh, yeah, you know, my, I forget how he's kin to them, but some family of mine knew them very well. They asked me all the time if I've heard anything, hmm. and so on. So, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, that, that only makes sense, and especially if this was, again, th- th- this wasn't an Airbnb stay. They, it's not like they had never been here be- before, you know. did. Yeah they didn't just up and decide to f- spend their holiday here. They, this was, this was part of their, you know, they were part of this community for sure.
1: Yeah. It was just, what's troubling to me with this story is just, well, this case is just that nothing that I have found in my little digging has indicated any sort of like, you know, second life that, you know, she had had or any, anything, you know, in that regard, I'm not hearing anything like that. So what does that mean? That, to me, that means, could it possibly have been just a fluke robbery or whatever gone wrong? Or, you know, I just don't, I don't see a motive. I don't see a
0: motive. I have an answer for that. Oh, okay. So, okay. I have a, a really good friend of mine from when, growing up. He, d- he does not live in this area, by the way. Okay. Um, he's, he's not a part of the local law enforcement, but he is a detective. To back up, his father was one of the police there. He had worked his way up to one of the higher ranking. Everyone in that community knew, knew his dad, and now they all know him. He's now worked his way up. I believe he's a lieutenant or something like that, in their the police department. Much larger than uh, the police department here, and to put it, I, I remember uh, when he was in college, he would show me some of the classes he was taking. Um, I remember there was one, a book that he was doing a report or something on it It was it was on serial killers and they were studying the (laughs) psychology of serial killers and things like that i'm like you know so anyway the point is he knows his stuff right yeah 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 and i asked him your theory i said you know they they met her in the the hallway obviously there were some things knocked over this telescope was knocked over what's the likelihood of this being someone that just happened to be startled by peggy And this, this was just a botched burglary or something like that. And his response was no way. Yeah. He he said, I don't see it either. (laughs) He said, not only by the way she was killed, but the fact that some of the things that I've told him, it's very obvious to him that this was planned, that this was, that they were there to hurt Peggy and that this was planned. And so again, I'm not a police officer. Before someone, you know, gets their panties in a wad and says, you know, here's this guy trying to say who's who suspects are or anything like that, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not saying that, and I'm certainly right. not trying to impede the investigation or anything like that. I wonder, does he have access
1: to like the inside document? I want to know if the beer bottles was the real. If that is real, like there were beer bottles indicating did somebody drink after the fact or was she enjoying a drink with somebody and then it went south.
0: If you go to the people article, one of the pictures that they show is a muddy shoe print on one of the doors. Now the door was not damaged. It's not like they kicked the door in on it,
1: one of the doors.
0: But it makes wow. but it almost appears like they tried to kick it in or something like that. I suppose the I, inside or the outside. I think the outside. Okay. The front door or the back door? I actually don't know, but it's not the sliding glass door. I do know that. It's a oh. door with a doorknob. Interesting. And in fact, if you're watching this video, I'll try to put a picture of it. Um, Anne told me that this People Magazine uh, video slash article, it came out recently, right? Wasn't it just a week or two ago? Yeah. Uh, that she actually met with them last September. Um, so. Wow. I'll- yeah, so I don't, I'm not sure what you know why it took so long. Obviously, they probably have a little more on their plate than we do. The other thing I wanted to point out about the People Magazine video, if you watch it, it's on YouTube. They interview Major Sampson from the Middlesex Police Department, and he says, "I don't remember the exact verbiage." So you know, this is me summarizing, but he he mentioned some of the clues, and I think the question was is there is there a killer running around here should we be scared and he says no because of this reason and that reason and a clue that you know that we know about is how he says it or something to that effect which tells me that there's stuff about this that they haven't even released you know which is yeah. obvious you know they we knew that but but there's specific clues that tell them something that they haven't told us
1: yeah and it's like do we have a timetable like what are we talking about here (laughs) when is it going to come out or what are they what do they still need you know that's always that's always kind of the I mean I know this isn't a dateline you know but in that kind of uh storytelling journalism they always kind of do go over that kind of process like what the police department actually needs like they might know who it is they might have all their ducks in a row but like something small like they need i don't know probably dna that's probably what it is like you know when the when the cops like wait for you to throw your trash outside (laughs) and then they take your trash and they get your dna that's probably what that's probably what
0: they're waiting for (laughs) stay tuned and we'll be right back with behind the scenes
1: here owner of erica hinkle events llc we are a one stop shop full service wedding and event planning company in the tidewater area our services include wedding coordination management partial planning full service and floral design decor and rentals I started my company four years ago to help couples alleviate wedding-related stresses by managing their plans and vision and allowing them to truly enjoy their wedding day every single minute. Our clients choose us because we strive to exceed their standards and as well as execute the many facets of their wedding day without fail. Because these are once-in-a-lifetime moments, we take our job very seriously. If you want the insurance of your next event to be handled as if it were family, hiring Erica at is your best bet.
0: Professionalism with a small-town approach. Griffin Air is located in Middlesex County, Virginia and serves the Northern Neck, Middle Peninsula and Williamsburg areas, offering HVAC, plumbing and duct cleaning. 12-year parts and labor warranties on installs, we are leading the way in this area. We'd love to earn your business. Call 804-5050-AIR or visit www.griffinair.net for more information and ask about our VIP club for discounts. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know what that, what that is either, but again, my detective friend that I was talking about, he was saying that, you know, usually if the way they're handling it and they're being tight-lipped, he said that it is possible that they have someone in mind. That they're just either compiling evidence or they are waiting for them to maybe even slip up or whatever it is that they're waiting for. But um, he said that's definitely a a good possibility, that they have an idea of who they think did it. I'm
1: curious – I know you didn't ask her this, but I'm just curious what Ann thinks, like if Ann has – a suspect in my like does the family have any idea what the motive would be or or where this is going to end up going or you know do they not know yeah and it's very uh i mean it's the question so it's kind of like it's frustrating when you you only know half of the information or maybe not even half
0: i'm sure that's tough too right i mean you kind of wonder right i mean if if she thinks you know was it this person you know wonder w- wonder if it was my neighbor wonder if it was that guy that yelled at, yeah. at the, the gas station that time you know that's, it's
1: just got to be a very tough tough thing to go to go through i would wouldn't wish that on anybody yeah and like know. missing people too you know Like when people go missing and you don't even have a body like that stuff, it's just a very tough thing, Um, you know, obviously for the victims. But I feel like the families are almost victims as well. Like the whole, you know,
0: it's just hard. None of the articles have alluded to, you know, Anne thinking it's this person or that person, whether it's someone close or, or far away in relationship to her. But, you know, I'm sure, you know, like you said, I'm sure she's wondered, you know, who who did this? You know, uh, yeah. do, do I know them? Did, you know, did Peggy know them? Which, a lot, like I say, a lot of folks have uh, said that. I, I did want to also say while we're here, while we're on the air, and this has nothing to do with with Anne or 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 even really Peggy. Um, I want to just say because, you know, we, we do know, we've heard that a lot of folks have been listening to this. They've been kind of keeping up with us there's a lot of rumors that have been spread around this tiny community. And I'm not even going to get into any of them because some of them hold no weight, uh, very little value. And yet there's still people I, you know, I know I heard from someone recently, well, you know, I heard this or that, you know, that, that they're looking into this person or that this happened when, you know, the, the day after and blah, blah, blah. And that, you know, it's, 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 it is, it, first of all, it's a shame that that, that that's even happening. Of course, that's, that happens, right? Gossip and things like that. But when you're talking about any tragedy like this, I think that the rumors, you know, they don't help anything. That's for sure.
1: No. And they can honestly, frankly, be very dangerous. I've, again, listened to a lot of these uh, <laughs> kinds of podcasts. And to a lot of them, there's a whole element of, you know the the public eye the public opinion and that and they think it might be this person let's just say you know it, it's this person and it's not but they've just now ruined that person's life especially in a small town like this everybody knows everybody around here so when you know you're people are just using doing uh, or making baseless accusations um that ru- and i mean let's there's an entire percentage i don't know what it is of innocent people in jail so you know it, it can go that way too like you can put an innocent person in jail over a rumor just mm-hmm. because they don't have a good alibi how many times have you done something in your life and you're like oh well if something were to happen i really don't have a great alibi i'm all by myself right now or you know what i mean yeah. like that can that can happen to so many people it's just dangerous that's why i agree like we this is not going to be we're not going to be spreading those uh those types of of things or even putting any base into them by you know saying yeah, them on, one, on the one podcast
0: of the rumors, one of the rumors i heard was that someone i knew uh that i i actually know him and they were saying well you know he was he was working next door when it happened you know or or around that time and i called him you know, I was like, you know, hey, you know,
1: oh, you where, knew, you know, the person that they were accused, or that your friend said was, or however, you knew the person.
0: I had heard a rumor from someone that had talked to somebody. I'm not going to get any specific. Yeah, absolutely. But I had heard a rumor where they said, hey, you know, this guy was working next door to this house. Okay. Around the time that it happened, not not saying that he he had anything to do with with the you know the murder. But just saying that he was there and that when the police showed up, he was also there and blah blah blah. I asked him, you know, I called him. I said, hey, you know, uh, were you working in that area? I didn't tell him that I'd heard any rumors because I, you know, I didn't. I don't want to get into any of that. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. Know him saying who said that, you know? Like right, that. right, yeah. But he he came out and he's like, you know, no, I I've never worked in that. I've never worked in that house. I've never worked. In the houses next door, or anything like that, the whole point is, yeah, you know, it's like well, okay, one of those it, folks, if you hear rumors, let it stop with you. <laughs> you don't uh, that's just my little soapbox moment,
1: yeah, no, and I mean, you did the right thing. the best way to to alleviate a rumor is just to ask the person <laughs> you know if you really if you're really that curious, ask them that is also how you you know can find um information you know years later. Like maybe, you know, if that guy had turned it, yeah, actually I was there. And here's in my take, you know, uh-huh. that would have been cool too. But
0: <laughs> in my defense, the only reason I even asked him, uh, cause I could care less about rumors or, or hearsay. But the reason I asked him is if it was true, if he was working next door to see if he had, had seen or heard anything or shed light on anything before we wrap up this episode, I did want to, I, I, I mentioned it earlier. I did reach out to the original detective. I, to be completely transparent, I have not reached out to the current detective on the case. I haven't reached out to the police department. And the only reason is is I first of all, I don't think it's my place. If they have information to share with anyone, I would hope they would share that with the family, with Ann and and her fam Peggy's family. But um the other reason is is I I don't know that they would share anything anyway. I'm sure they wouldn't. You know, I'm just be another person calling and wasting their time and asking questions that we both know they're not going to give me answers to. But I did reach out to the original detective. We shared some mutual social media friends and things like that. So I had reached out to him. You know, we talked about a couple of different things. He he, Nice guy? Very nice. He was very, awesome. he, he was responsive. He was, he didn't give me the cold shoulder, but he did say, look, you know, I can't talk about this. He gave me the, the, the proper answers that you would expect someone that is professional to give. He's like, look, I can't can't talk about it and that's because it's an active investigation correct okay gotcha well i assume i mean yeah yeah okay i'm sure that's part of it but you know there's even if it wasn't an active investigation there's certain things that i'm sure that they will and will not share with folks that are outside of the case you know right they might not even tell other law enforcement about certain things right you know right but uh He did say one thing, and I asked him if is it okay if I share that and he said, "Yes, please do and so I want to share that real quick before we wrap up this episode. uh His message said, "Trust me when I say, besides the family, nobody wants to see this case solved more than me. Not a day goes by that I don't think about it. I really like all the exposure the case is getting, and pray something fruitful comes to light with all that said. You know, I cannot share any intimate details of the case that have not been previously released. I'm sure I've never dealt with anything like this. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there are cases and and things like that that just wear on you. Right. I mean, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Especially when, you know, you take an oath to protect and serve. And then I'm sure, you know, and he had to retire, you know. So he had to like, kind of let go of it. I'm sure he thinks about it.
0: Well, he didn't retire. He, Oh, I, I'm sorry.
1: I thought he, I thought, uh, okay, no, I got you.
0: He's a, he's a younger fellow. He's, I don't know how old he is, but I, I know he's under 40. Oh, um,
1: I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. So, My bad.
0: But he moved. He, uh, I, I've been told, I, I didn't ask him any of this. Cause it doesn't really matter, uh, what he's doing for a living, but I've been told he's still in law enforcement to a degree and I've also, again, I don't, I didn't ask him where he lives now, but I was told he moved to a different state. I'm sure. Well,
1: I, that's amazing that he he reached out and thought enough to uh, give a statement. I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he certainly could have just ignored me. If you're listening to this or watching this now, we still have plenty to go over. The other thing is Anne said, because I, I had asked her, I was like, well, is there any other inaccurate information or is there anything that, you know, I can set the record straight on? And she said that it would involve a long conversation to get into everything. And I told her I would love to have that conversation. Yeah. If I can help. I think more than anything, I, and and if she hears this, I want her to, not just see us as somebody that's doing a story on this and is going to move on to the next one, that if there's something that she once said, is there something that we can be a mouthpiece for that we can be that, you know, yeah. we, we can be the reason that that information gets out there and it's accurate and it helps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I want, um, and to know that we kind of view Peggy as one of us, she was a local. And so, um, we want to get this solved, you know, because one of us um, was was hurt, and the mystery is still out there. We're not professionals, um, and we're just having open conversation. But truly, somebody does know something, and we trust our law enforcement to get the job done. But if anybody knows anything that could help that along, you know, please reach out to them. Um, you're more than welcome to email us, and then we will forward that information to the rightful people. But yeah we're just trying to uh have a conversation about it
0: yeah i uh I know we shared this in the last in the last episode <laughs> uh well I, well i guess it was the second episode, but if you do know anything you know the the phone numbers to call and who to reach out to, and you can remain anonymous i believe right it was yes timeline, yeah. you can remain anonymous. Yeah, and you can share. You know, if you know anything, please. Call.
1: Does Starset is it Star six seven? Does that still work? You like? Do you remember how you used to do on a rotary phone yeah. like Star six seven, and then that would? Um, I Locked wonder if that's number. still. Yeah, block your number. These
0: days they have apps and all kinds of things now, right? Yeah, uh-huh.
1: yeah. Oh, you can make your number something else.
0: Uh huh. But you can call the Middlesex Crime Line and I again I think remain anonymous and or you can, as Erica's saying, block your number or however you want to yeah. do it. It's uh, 804-758-5600. So please call if you know anything um, that could help. Before we wrap up, we're we're almost done here and we again we have more stuff coming up in future episodes. But before we wrap up, I just want to ask you, Erica. You said you went to the house or or to that area yep mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say if you've never been on stove Point Road, there's nowhere else like it, right I mean, no no what is, and what did you think of of that
1: um i'll well just full transparency um one of the reasons why I was going was I was trying to see on the way in or on the way out if there was video camera if there was video cameras anywhere, like I wasn't sure if maybe there was a church or something on the way in or I wasn't able to see anything um but What I did notice when you kind of come up to um, the driveway, it's really overgrown now. Like the the video footage that they have on all the videos and everything that we've seen, the actual landscape of the house is somebody's mowing the lawn, like they're taking care of that. But like kind of when you come up, it's like it's kind of overgrown and there's the driveway is overgrown. So I don't think that was there five years ago. But, if it was there five years ago in the middle of the night, you could potentially go in and out without anybody seeing you. I just think that if there was somebody staying in the house on the right, it would be very hard to not hear or i just if I lived in the house next door and somebody came into that specific driveway at three in the morning, I would notice it. I would notice it only because I'm pretty aware of my surroundings, but they are right on kind of right on top on the right-hand side, on the left-hand side, not so much. And they're actually redoing um, that house. Nobody's really out there right now, but that's probably going to change in the next couple of weeks. People are going to start coming down. They're all second homes. That the whole, that whole kind of strip down there, they're all second homes.
0: The fact that, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying as far as, you know, they, there, those houses probably had someone there during the would, holiday, but it happened think. A week later.
1: Yeah, and you know what? It, I think we did determine that it's a Sunday or Monday. We're not sure when but she it, died because we're not sure of like how long it was that they. Fa- I know they found her on the 11th at like
0: 6 p.m. But, but well, technically, that was a Tuesday. The, the 11th oh, Tuesday. Okay, so Tuesday so, so Tuesday then it would Monday. have. Okay. Okay. My Uh, bad. Even if all those houses were completely full and and they could hear each other and all that stuff on July the 4th, which was a Tuesday the week before. Yeah. Right? It was 2017, right? So the 4th was a Tuesday, the 10th was a Monday, the next Monday, and the 11th would be a, a Tuesday. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know... Maybe it's for second homes, maybe, you know, maybe people do have to go to work on Monday. So they left Sunday night and maybe nobody was out there. You know, we don't even know if like anybody was living in any of the houses. They might own them uh, or the different owners than now, but it could have been a same situation, you know, not living in them, having them remodeled. There's only a couple houses down there. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, backward. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Again, we're going to do a couple more episodes on this. We're going to talk more about the videos that have been put out by the FBI. Um, and I know we were, we were actually supposed to go over some of that in this episode, but I, I had all this new information I wanted to share.
1: Well, that's it, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to Behind the Scenes in Tidewater.
1: Want to share something with us or be a guest on the show? Send us an
0: email at
1: TidewaterPodcast at gmail.com.
0: Like, share. And subscribe our podcast to help us grow. And listen for more deals, discounts, and wisdom from the best businesses in the Tidewater area.